Welcome to the North Texas District Leadership Podcast. This is a resource from and for those of us serving Jesus with the North Texas District of the Assemblies of God. Bromies and homies, welcome to the show today. I'm here with two friends and colleagues I have in the studio, also known as my office, Michelle Mad Dog Garland. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. <laughs> and Spencer Spider-Man Speed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so friends, you are you're in for a treat. We're going to do a two-part podcast today, focusing first on kids' ministry, and uh, then we'll focus on youth ministry. So your district youth director is simply here for color commentary today, the like smattering of wisdom, and mostly just a lot of stupidity. Mm, He's good. good at all of those things. Yes. So, Michelle, I'm glad you're here today. <laughs> And we're going to talk about um, just a shifting perspective on kids' ministry. Before I get to specific questions on that, though, for our millions and millions of listeners, give us a sketch of your kind of ministry biography. Where were you before you were here? How long have you been here? All that stuff that I know, but others don't. Sure. Graduated from SAGU decades ago, literally. We realized that this morning. Yes. Good times. Um, And then moved home to home for me is Phoenix, Arizona was on staff at a church plant there for about 12 years doing kind of everything. You wear all the hats at a church plant, right? So mm-hmm. kids ministry, family ministry, uh, missions, all the things, community outreach, a lot of it. And then my husband, family, and I moved here in October of 2014. And I started at the district in January of 15. So coming up on five years, just around the corner. Coming up on five. That's cool. Yeah. Spencer, in a sentence or two. How would you summarize the reign of Michelle, what we call that around here? The reign of Michelle. Incredibly excellent sarcasm in every situation brought with a smile. Yes. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Who does? So, well, Michelle, um, so kids and kids, the little people, as you call them. And tiny kids, humans. The tiny humans. There you go. Yeah. Boy, I just, I don't have my act together today. This is a passion of yours. And one thing I've really appreciated about you is um, you're very clear that your heart for kids ministry is that this is a lot more than babysitting. And so as we talk about shifting perspective on kids ministry, what do you think of whenever you think of that? You know, I think a lot of times churches see kids ministry as just something that they have to do with the kids while the adults are learning. Um, And really, we do need to shift our perspective on that. Um, I really believe that one child can change the world. You start with one kid, they can change a family, family can change a neighborhood, neighborhood can change a community, and it just goes on. And if you look at the full capacity that kids have, it's crazy big. So my youngest daughter, Emma, when she was a baby, the only thing that would get her to calm down because she was colicky was if we would sing Jesus Loves Me. Mm-hmm. Now, she's an infant, tiny, tiny. This was when she was 12 weeks or younger. That was the only thing that would get her to calm down. If you fast forward two years, she was still asking for that same song because yeah. she remembered it. And so for us to think that even with babies and toddlers and nursery and preschool ministry, that they're not retaining what they're learning is almost the equivalent of saying that a baby doesn't know their mom or dad's voice when they're in the womb. And we all know that's not the case. And so, um, you know, Barna talks about our spiritual form, our formation is completely formed by the time we're 12 years old. So kids really can bring their parents, their grandparents, their aunts and uncles to church. Uh, Lead pastors aren't a fan of this when I say it, but I will say this all the time, that kids, the parents will put up with a lot of really bad preaching if their kids are growing spiritually in a safe environment and having fun. You know, kids ministry really can be 
the growth mechanism of your church, but it has to be done well. And when it's babysitting, it's not being done well. So from your own like experience in that, when did you start to see that kids' ministry was more than just keeping them safe until the closing prayer and adult service? Like, What were those initial glimpses the Lord gave you of, um, of this is a big deal? Well, I think if you just even look at the Bible— even Jesus put a huge value on children, right? Um, my my master's degree is in counseling, and so we learned a lot about child development and the brain and how it's retaining and all of that. So if you apply all of that to us trying to teach kids a kid's biblical curriculum, all of that comes together. Um, kids, you know, in a nursery ministry, for example, they're probably not going to be able to quote the 16 fundamental truths, but you can put some worship music on and you can say the name of Jesus and those kids are going to remember that. Yeah. You can start to speak life over those kids. Tell them that they're strong, they're smart, they're beautiful, they're handsome, they're going to do incredible things. You can start speaking that life even as young, as a, as a nursery child. Yeah. So whenever you talk about that spiritual foundation, so much of it being formed before the age of 12, go into that a little bit more. How much depth can happen during these early years? A lot. So Barna talks about how um, if they have that foundation by the time they're 12, and I don't remember the statistics, I should have grabbed them before I walked in here, but there's a stronger likelihood that they will either continue on with their Christianity through adolescence and early young adulthood, or if they do fall away from it in those in that time frame, that they'll return to it because of the foundation that was formed when they were younger. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that when we have them before the age of 12, that we're teaching them about the Word of God, that we're teaching them that God has a plan for their life, that we're teaching them how to listen to His voice, how to recognize the Holy Spirit at work in their life, and how to respond to those moments, um, that we're teaching them even then to find someone that can mentor them and walk them and coach them throughout life. You know, my oldest daughter is a gymnast and she has multiple coaches that help her learn how to do gymnastics better. It's just as important that we have coaches for our kids' spiritual behavior that can speak life into them and help them know how to follow God better. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, we have generally handed everyone back to their parents in one piece, but... Um, they're alive. They're yeah, living. They're, That's they're a alive. good step. It's a win. Yeah. No parent has ever come back to a church where their kids didn't make it out of the kids' service. Spencer, I haven't tried checked. tried to leave them before, but most of the time we try to give them back, I think. And like Michelle, I didn't try to bring that statistical info with me to this interview. Yeah. But... Take my word for it. Linen statistics do say that that is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michelle, what are some key areas of emphasis for kids' ministry? You listed a few of those things, but if you stepped out of this role tomorrow, please don't, uh, and went back into the local church and you had a core group of children, what kinds of things would you be wanting to get across to these seven, eight-year-olds, five-year-olds before they get to that um, that tween stage where they transition into youth ministry? I would want them to to know about God's Word, how it's the story is written for them and it applies to them in every aspect of their life, that any situation that they would find that they come across in their life, that they can turn to that and there's going to be an answer or a solution for that. That would want them to know how to love God, and loving God means loving others. So kindness is kind of a new trend word that's going around these days. You know, you'll see memes or things on social media that says throw kindness around like confetti. All of that really stems from loving God and loving others. Like if we can just love others well, then we're a reflection of him to other people. I would want them to know how to hear 
God's voice, what that looks like in a practical way, mm-hmm. you know? And for kids, I think that takes practice. And one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later is favorite moment from camp. And that was one of them, was allowing kids to practice hearing God's voice and fleshing that out with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the first time they might hear a voice, it might be, um, God told me about my cat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But a little yeah. bit later, you develop that, and they mm-hmm. start to learn about their purpose and their value and their identity. I would want kids to know whose they are, that whose they are is so much more important than what they will ever do. Yeah. Um, so yeah. much of their identity these days is tied up in sports or academics or what they can perform in, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more about whose they are than what mm-hmm. they do. Think in terms of just curriculum. If a church is wondering, okay, we're not capable of writing our own studies, you know, um, that type of thing. Are there any particular areas of curriculum right now or brands that you trust as a kid's ministry leader that you would encourage pastors to take a look at if they need it? Sure. So the Assemblies of God has a great one that's great for Sunday mornings. It's got a lot of meat and content in it. So even if your Sunday morning is a little bit shorter of a service, you can pull some of that out and use it on a Wednesday night. But they've got one called True Fire that you can find at My Healthy Church. It goes all the way from babies on up. So that's a great curriculum. You know, you've got Girls and Rangers curriculum. JBQ is a great way to disciple kids, you know, just getting them. What's that acronym? JBQ's Junior Bible Quiz. There you go. Yeah. So it's it comes with a Bible fact pack, and it's basically 300 questions about the Word of God, and it just teaches them, even if they're not participating in a league where they're competing with it, they're still getting the Word of God in their life mm-hmm. as the foundation. You talked about your daughter, who's an incredible gymnast and the coaches and everything. I know you really believe in, in mentors and models for kids, that it's not just programming, it's the people who kids connect with. Right. And so um, what does that uh, quality mentoring look like whenever it's done well? I think a solid mentor, a spiritual mentor, is going to help build a kid's confidence in their pursuit of God, if that makes mm, any yeah. sense at all. Yeah. You know, let's just think about like a baby Christian. They don't necessarily know where to open their Bible or how to pray or what a prayer language looks like when they right. first give their life to God. So kids can be along those same lines, you know? So a, men- a solid mentor is going to help build that confidence as they pursue God. So mm-hmm. teach them how to read the Word. Where do we start? How to interpret it? What in the world does this mean, you know, for me in my life today? Teach them how to pray, that it doesn't have to be some long theological prayer. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Teach them how to recognize that still small voice of the Holy Spirit and what that looks like in their life too. And I think even using some fun examples along the way. So like there's a older movie, Emperor's New Groove and character, you know, it's a cartoon. Did that one impact you, Spencer? Is that your language? formation, mentorship. Yes. That's exactly what I think of. Groovy. Also very, extremely important. Listen, listen, there's a, there's a scene in there where he has an angel on one shoulder and a devil on one shoulder, and he's trying to navigate how to listen or what voice to listen to. If our listeners are, are wondering, his name is Kronk, and he's got the, the – just in case they need to reference that later. Yes. Glad you had that information yeah. up your Kronk. sleeve. That, that inspired the, like, let's get Kronk, yep, you know? absolutely. It's where it came from. Okay. I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> I don't either. But there's a scene in there where he's trying to navigate devil on one shoulder, angel on one shoulder. And, of course, it's all cartoon – 
But that's a fun example of how to teach kids the voice of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in your life. Not that the Holy Spirit is a cartoon. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But just that that good versus evil kind of pull that we all feel sometimes. Yeah. And you know something that, that I really believe about this role of mentors? Those consistent people who who volunteer on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. One of my experiences is, of course, you never know what these kids are going home to. Right. Like they they might be going home to a stable home or they might be going home to a grandparent or maybe it's a single mom. And so that male voice in their life who's like, hey, I know I know you. I love seeing you. It makes me so happy whenever you walk in. Um, those bits of affirmation are always so huge. My kids are, all three of them are ridiculously analytical. And so they're very judgy of kids' activities in kids' church. I'm like, get off your high horse, kiddos. Where do you get that from? But... <laughs> They love Pastor Amy. They, I mean, it's it's all about the who is at the door, giving them hugs and high fives. Like my kids revere those people, pastors and volunteers. And I'm yeah. so grateful to them because I know as a, none of us as parents can be everything. Our, we're the most important roles in our kids' life, of course. But those supplementary voices and examples of what it looks like to love the Lord are so important. Yeah, I think we can never, never underestimate just what it is to live that life out for those kids, that they see somebody that's just living that joy, that kindness, that yeah. love. And it's not always... Uh, going to be the scriptural or, you know, there's lots of volunteers that I can't mentor because I'm not a theologian. And no, it's not what it's about. It's about giving right. them that direction to go, hey, here's how you're nice. Here's how you how you handle that situation when you're, when you're mad at your yeah. mom, that we don't yes. do those things. And just modeling what following Jesus looks like he's talking about, but even just in the aspects of giving and serving. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons why we serve on the weekends is because we want to model that for our own children so that when they grow up, they continue to do the same thing, hopefully with their kids someday. Yep. Um, reading, praying, worshiping, just all of those things make an impact whether we recognize them or not. If I can say something, Michelle, to embarrass you, something I really respect oh, about you. Yeah, something I really respect about you and uh, honor with you is uh, I took my family to the Oaks uh, one morning. We just wanted to go go visit the mega church up the road and uh, and saw our district kids director just work and check in. Like talking about serving and being an, an example for your kids, uh, you were not in charge of the services. You were at the computer printing badges for us. I love that, and I appreciated that, and I did think that was an incredible example. Yeah, we love it too. It's it's a fun way for us to be involved, but also if we have to travel to a different church or something, it's not a huge hole for the team to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work check-in. Michael's a greeter at the door, and he loves it. My girls serve in the toddler area. Yeah, It's something we're trying to model as a family. Your husband vaguely resembles the Incredible Hulk, too. So he's both a <laughs> greeter and a, a potential bouncer. If he needs to, there's no doubt <laughs> Michael can do that. He gets scrappy in a flash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love that. Love that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, Michelle, two last questions. One, you have something coming up called Camp for Christmas. Tell yeah. us what that is. How can churches participate? So one of the biggest things we do all year is kids camp and youth camp. Since Spencer's here, I'll, I'll throw him a bone too. Um, and we, what we do is in November, we roll out camp and it's our earliest price bracket and it's our cheapest price bracket for the camp season. So camp for Christmas is just a great way for our churches to have more time to fundraise. It's an early opportunity for them to pick the best camp dates that works for them in their local church calendar. It's a great way for a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle to contribute to their kids camp or youth camp um, price because they're 
probably going to send their kids anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not do part of that as an as a Christmas present and wrap it up and put it under the tree? So right. all of our information is live at northtexas.ag backslash camp, youth and kids. All that information is right there for you. So let's close with a camp example. This is something yeah. you, you spend um, – I mean, you're at camp for about a month, I guess. But 15 you, days. 15 – okay. It 15, feels, feels like, like eternity. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 15 days, day yes. and night, Yeah. 20 hours a day or something like that. Pretty close. But you spend months working on it. I mean, this is a big yes. deal. And it's all about, for you, getting kids in the presence of God right. and letting God speak to them. Share with us some of your favorite – a favorite God story or stories from Kids Camp. So one of the most challenging things to do, I think, in these days is to get kids to unplug. So one of the beautiful things about camp is it allows them to unplug. We don't have great cell service at Lakeview, so that works to our advantage. You know, they Mm -hmm. can put their phones away, they can put their iPads away, and they can just be a kid for a few days. And probably the favorite thing that we did this summer was in our morning services, and I referenced it earlier, but we taught kids how to hear the voice of God, and we allowed them to practice that at the end of the services. And so we encouraged them to take a minute to listen to what God was saying to them, and then we had them come forward and share that with some of our staff that were across the room. And I'm just going to read a couple of them for you because they're just powerful what God is saying to this next generation. One of them says, I'll be a youth pastor. One of them says, he told me I'm going to be a teacher that helps kids um, know the Lord and helps kids that are broken and sad. One of them said, he's going to give me his love. One of them said, my brother hasn't received his prayer language. And God told me that if I prayed with him when I got home, he would receive it. One of them said, I'm protected and the way I need to be. The people that say I'm ugly are wrong and perfect the way that I am. One of them said, God told me I'm going to be a woman's pastor. One of them said, I'm going to be a youth pastor. One of them said, I'm going to be a missionary. One of them said, "My sis- God told me my sister wouldn't be sick anymore. And the last one, God told me to go tell my uncle about kids camp so he can know me too. So I just think that it's important for us to recognize that there's no junior Holy Spirit. God's speaking to kids, whether they're three, four, two, five, eighteen, and anywhere in between, from diapers to diapers, you know? Mm. And he's doing an incredible work in the next generation. And hope is not lost. I'm super excited about the future. It's really bright. Well, Michelle, thank you. Spencer. Any last words of wisdom since, frankly, you've brought nothing to this? <laughs> uh, just a, a pretty, I think, a powerful quote that we kind of hit on earlier that, that didn't say uh, it's from Emperor's New Groove. A llama, he's supposed to be dead. I just thought that was probably important. Uh, don't don't forget that. Don't, don't be a llama. Um, there you go. If you take anything with you today, I guess take that. I don't even know. There you go. Well, friends, uh, our website is northtexas.ag, and you can find contact information there for our kids and youth departments. And I I will say this in closing, that we exist for you and no other reason. So if we can help, we want to help. And you did hear from a couple of people today, not me, who can genuinely help. So we love you. Have a great week serving Jesus and his bride, the local church.